Sometimes, as they say, these things happen in mixed martial arts. My name is Sean Sheehan. I'm joined today by the Cage Warriors commentator, Brad Wharton, to preview Cage Warriors 134. And uh, not to break the fourth wall or anything here, but this is the second time we're sitting down to uh, break down Cage Warriors 134. Um, there has been a lot of changes to the card. The main event has been changed. There's a new title fight on the line. There's a massive new lightweight fight as well, which I'm really, really, really excited about. Uh, there's a fight we announced the last time we uh, <laughs> we we did this preview. That's actually not happening now. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Brad, how are you? How what kind of a as as a commentator for the card this weekend? What kind of a mad day have you had so far uh, with the rest of the cage warriors team? Kind of just breaking down what's actually happening today because it's it's insanity so far this week. I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I, my blood pressure probably has not been as high as Ian Dean's. You know, for me, it's just a case of I've, I've got to move some notes around in the uh, in the old notebook. So you know, it's not the worst thing in the world for me. Um, but look, man, you, you've got to give the, the Cage Warriors team credit. You know, many many moons ago, they moved an event from uh, Sweden to uh, Jordan on three weeks' notice. They've had an event in Jordan when there was a snowstorm and fighters couldn't get in, and we literally. In 10 years, it's the only time a Cage Warriors show has ever started late because we literally had to send two lads out with shovels to dig the snow off the top of the broadcast truck. But the show happened. You know, the uh, two years ago when COVID first started, the, the event was moved from London to Manchester on five days' notice, and it happened. And all through the pandemic, every three months, three shows back-to-back, Cage Warriors got it done. So, you know, it's been a bit of a crazy uh, couple of days for the team there, but... Cage Warriors have done what they always do, and we're going to have a show on Friday night. Yeah, indeed, 100%. You know, I think some people call Ian Dean like the, the greatest unknown person in MMA, but I don't think he's very unknown anymore. I think everyone knows who Ian Dean is. We've certainly talked about him a lot over the last few years, and to me, he has saved this card again. And Charles and the fighters obviously have saved it, and Graham Boylan and everyone involved with Cage Warriors. This. What we have here is still a great card. So let's break down quickly what we were supposed to have and what we have now. So the main event was supposed to be Jordan Vucinic versus Paul Hughes. Uh, that fight is no longer happening. Cage Warriors literally announced moments before we record this that Paul Hughes is out with a neck injury. Um, and he, we will see what happens there. Jordan Vucinic is now fighting uh, against James Hinden. James Hinden was originally uh, due to fight. Oh, God, I'm, I'm getting mixed up here. He, who is it? James Hinden was fighting Steve Amiable. Then James Hinden was That's supposed correct. to. Then uh, he was supposed to fight Tobias Harilla. So Tobias Harilla was supposed to fight Jeremy Peatley. Then now, then he was supposed to fight James Hinden, and now he's fighting Decky McAleenan at lightweight in an absolute banger of a fight. Decky McAleenan was supposed to fight Dan Collins. Then he was supposed to fight Paul McBain. That fight has fallen out. Paul McBain says now he's going to be fighting in April. That fight wasn't even announced, I don't think, but it, it got cancelled before it was even announced. And now he's fighting against Tobias Harilla. So if you can get your head around all of that, I think I did a good job actually there of explaining that. <laughs> to be fair, if you can get your head all around around all of that, we, you're doing well. We need one of those whiteboards on the background with some red string <laughs> and everyone's names. So I'll work that out for next time. Do you know that meme with your man from like, uh, is it always sunny in Philadelphia? I've never yeah, seen the yeah, show, exactly. but yeah, yeah. It's just the madness going around. So thoughts, Brad, first of all, we'll get into the individual fights here in a second, but what are your thoughts on, on all of this madness? I feel like, not to go mad, but I feel like that Jackie versus Harilla fight is nearly worth some of it because that is such a banger of a fight. There's some great ones here still, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, first of all, 
uh, you know, we want to wish Paul Hughes well. Um, a neck injury is never good for anyone, uh, you know, especially a young man like Paul who's got the best years of his career ahead of him. So I hope uh, whatever the issue is, it can be resolved and he can get back in there, um, you know, as soon as it's safe and healthy for him to do so. Um, and, you know, it sucks for Jordan as well because these guys, you know, had a bit of unfinished business and, you know, you, you never know if the winner's going to get signed uh, by the UFC still. And, you know, if, if Jordan wins and goes off to the UFC, we may not get to see these guys fight, at least in the immediate future. So, you know, it's, it's a shame on that front. But like you say, you know, Ian Dean's worked his magic and we've got some really interesting fights now. I mean, what an opportunity for James Hendon, who, you know, has gone through that issue now of, you know, oh, am I going to even get rematched for this card? Have I been training for two months for nothing? Are they going to be able to find me someone on short notice? Ends up taking, you know, taking a fight against a very different guy in Tobias Harilla. And all of a sudden, a couple of days later, the phone goes and it's, look, do you want a shot at the uh, Cage Warriors title now? So what an opportunity for this guy. Um, you know, I, I think we talked about it on the uh, the initial preview that we did. You, know, you talked about Paul Hughes maybe utilizing the takedowns and the ground game a bit more against Vichenik. Well, look, that's James Hendon's game to a T. He is a takedown monster. His wrestling, his positional control is phenomenal. You know, this could be a, a really interesting clash of styles between these two guys. Vichenik, you've got to believe he's going to want to stay on his toes, stay away from Hendon, peppering his man. Hendon's going to be crashing forward like we knew he would against Harilla, but these takedowns could be crucial now. The big question for me is, is James Hendon ready for a five-round fight? That could massive. be what separates uh, the two guys in this one. That is massive. You know, we, we've seen it recently, even, uh, you know, in Sharker fights, we, we saw last week with uh, Terrence McKinney taking that fight in the UFC. You know, he goes out there and he tries to get the finish early and he tires very early as well because maybe he isn't prepared for the three rounds. And now, okay, it's a little bit different, as you say, Hinden is preparing for a three-round fight and has been for this card, but five rounds is a very, very big difference here. I think a massive difference as well for Vucinic. You mentioned he's preparing for Paul Hughes. And if you go back and you watch that first fight we discussed it you know previously obviously so you've never seen it so we'll have to mention it again that in that third round of that fight against Paul Hughes Vucinic like was able to stop his takedowns very very well and you know I commented and I think a lot of people commented after the fight like why didn't Paul Hughes take him to the ground again because he had an advantage here but he it was more to do with Vucinic stopping those takedowns than Hughes not going for him. Because, as you know, Dan Strauss said on the commentary at the time as well, uh, you know, in the third round, Vucinic had stopped three of those takedowns. And when that happens, you know, fighters kind of give up, and rightly so, you know, they're expending energy. So he, I think Vucinic, in some ways, was preparing for a guy who he knows he can stop his takedowns. Like when Hughes did get it to the ground, it, it wasn't really a takedown. It was more of a scramble, more of, you know, up against the fence, whatever it was. And it just kind of ended up there. This is a big difference though. This is a guy who, I'm not saying he will be able to go in there and just take Vucinic down or anything like that. But he, I would say he's probably a better wrestler than Paul Hughes in a different sort of way. If you're, you know, put him into a wrestling match, I think Hughes is faster and, you know, a better all-around fighter than fought before. So there's, there's nothing wrong with me saying that. And obviously Hughes won that fight. But it's a very, very different matchup, as you say there, for Vucinic. How big do you think that is of a change for Vucinic? Like, Hughes, predominantly known these days as a striker, as we saw, look, he can fight all around. He's absolutely a very, very well-rounded fighter. You know, as is Hinden. But Hinden, wrestler, it's a very different matchup. Like, it's it's almost hard to get a bigger change up in matches in, in this sort of a notice, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. And look, we, we've got to give credit to Jordan Vucenic here as well, because it would have been very easy for him to say, you know what, four days out, nah, no thank you, I'm, I'm not going to bother. 
But look, he's he's gambling on himself here because the UFC are in town. There's going to be a big spotlight on this event. And the fact of the matter is he is the defending champion. A, a big win, a big title defense could very well be uh, the victory that gets him signed to the UFC. So, you know, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to do well here. I mean, you know, it, it would be, uh, you would say an upset. I think that's fair. You know, with all due respect to James Hendon, I think it would be considered an upset if you were to come in uh, and beat Jordan Vichenik. And that's going to be on Vichenik's mind. You know, he's he's got everything to lose here. And as you say, stylistically, just a completely different kind of opponent. So it'll be very interesting to see what Danny Batten and the team uh, at BST can put together in the next four days that's going to deal um, with James Hendon. I mean, look, it's too late in the day now to start bringing wrestlers in to chuck Butenic around the, the training room, right? He's going to be wrapping himself in cotton wool. In fact, I think Ian Dean's probably going to be mailing out the cotton wool to everybody on this card now. Um, but look, that, that's, that's the fact of the matter, right? They can't bring you know a stud wrestler in now to throw Jordan Vichenic around for uh, the, ne- the next two weeks. He's got four days and he's going to be doing his weight cut. So very, very interesting to see how this one plays out. Um, as I say, I think Hendon will be the underdog, but I'm sure he's perfectly happy being in that position. All the pressure's on the opponent. And if he can cause an upset here, that's really going to set tongues wagging. Massive. It'll be absolutely massive. Like, uh, I think Vucinic is very, very, very mentally strong, Don. I definitely think that'll help him here. And if he can keep the fight in the feet, he'll be a massive favourite, I think. But it's it's a very intriguing fight. You know, it is it's one that kind of, <laughs> you know, you can, it, it kind of previews itself. And for Hinden as well, if he wins, you've that immediate rematch, either against Vucinic or the rematch against Paul Hughes. And, you know, France is open up now. Marcus Charrier is still around here as well. There's some big fights. This is a massive, massive opportunity for Hinden. And as you say, look, there's rumours uh, Dana White's going to be cage side. The UFC is on the next night. If uh, Hinden makes noise, if Vucinic makes noise, if someone wins this and, and you know, it's it's a standout, they could very well be signed to the UFC next. And unfortunately for Paul Hughes, you know, obviously I'm Irish and talk a lot about the Irish fighters. It Sometimes we concentrate because Paul Hughes is maybe the bigger name as well. But Vucinic is, is just as good a fighter as Paul Hughes and deserves uh, his spot in the UFC. I, you know, I've said it previously on, on lots of different places that I think both guys will end up in the UFC. And this is uh, James Hinden's opportunity now to kind of uh, to, to change that party. So we'll uh, we'll see how this goes. But I'm looking forward to that main event in a big way. Now, I was really, really looking forward to Hughes versus Vucinic, but on, uh, unfortunately, that's not happening. Because of that, though, we have Deki McAleen versus Tobias Harilla. And I never, it's one of those fights, you know, I, I think you said a similar sort of thing before. You've never even thought of that fight. But now I hear about it and immediately my first reaction is, what a fight. Because I really have people don't know him. He's a guy who from the backstage to when the fight starts to after the fight, he's gone straight forward. He's a madman. He's absolute absolutely insane the pace he puts on in his last fight against William Gomez that kind of went badly for him because Gomez was able to fight on the outside use his lint use his speed Decky McAleenan is a big long fighter Marilla's gone up in a weight class as well look Decky's very good on the ground as well but you know he's all Decky always kind of says like people feel my striking and they take me down and that's why people think maybe I'm, I'm a ground fighter because everyone's trying to take me down Harilla won't well he might try to take him down but he won't immediately try to take him down Harilla will go forward and if Decky hits him 10 times he'll keep going forward this to me if look I think if Decky can deal with that pace and if he can deal with the pressure of Harilla and you know 
use his sideways foot movement and use his jab and use his head movement and speed, we could have an absolute classic of a fight here. I, I love this matchup. Honestly, it, it's one of those you hear it and you're like, oh, what a fight. What, what do you think it is? What was your first reaction when you heard about this fight? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we sort of said this uh, last week when we talked about the, the Paul McBain versus Decky fight. You were like, well, you never would have thought that in a million years. Two guys in different weight divisions. But when you think about it, it actually would have been a really good fight. So, you know, when I heard that uh, Paul was moved, my first assumption was that the um, there was going to be some crazy switching around of fights and, and that the McAleenan McBain fight itself would be moved to Manchester. But then finding out that uh, McBain's being put on Manchester, Decky's staying on the card, and he's taken on Harilla. It's just like, oh wow, man, Ian Dean's done it again. Uh, look, let me let me tell you something about Harilla. First of all, I don't remember which show it was, but it was one of the trilogy events that he because he was supposed to fight a few times and didn't get to on on the trilogies. They were uh, I don't know if there was issues with with injuries or COVID or whatever it was, and that he, there was an event or two that he turned up to and didn't end up fighting. Um, he was sat there at featherweight on weighing day saying, I will fight up to welterweight and I don't care who it is. I'll fight anyone. Get me a fight up to 170 pounds. Find me a man to sign the dotted line and I'll take it. So that's the mentality here. That's the attitude. This is a guy who, you know, he's been turned down by guys on the cage warriors roster. I talked to his coach and he said, look, you know, there's, there's some of these quote unquote big names on the cage warriors roster and they've been given Tobias's name and they're out there on the internet saying they'll fight anyone. And all of a sudden, they've gone very, very quiet. This is a guy who I would imagine is not best pleased with all the messing around that he's had with not getting fights and opponents not wanting to fight him. He could be a very, very dangerous prospect going into this fight with uh, with Decky. Now, from Decky's part, he's a very he's got a very mature head on on young shoulders. You know, this is a guy who can go out there and, and not necessarily get caught up in his opponent's game plan he's got that long traditional martial arts background and i think that's going to be key here just keeping his head because we know Harilla's going to come in trying to take it off in the first few minutes he's going to be giving up a little bit of size a little bit of weight i know tobias has competed at lightweight before so i don't think it's going to be a massive issue um but look i think the first round is going to be the decider here whoever sets the pace they're going to come. Uh, they're going to be going into the last stage of the fight in a, in a much stronger position. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think it's. I think Harilla will set the pace. Honestly, I don't think you. I don't think you can fight against Tobias Harilla and not fight at his pace. Honestly, unless you fight at a faster pace, which William Gomez kind of did. So Decky's going to have to live with that. But Decky is not the type of guy to turn down fights either. You know, as we've seen this week, he took fucking three different names in, in the space of seventy-two hours, or or, or there or thereabouts. So. Deck, these two guys, like, I don't think Decky gets enough credit, honestly, from the fans and, and people, you know, covering the sport. This guy's a very good fighter. He takes on all names, take on, takes on all comers uh, throughout the division. And I, I would have loved to have seen this for the title, even. I, I, like, my first thought was they were going to make Hardwick versus Decky for the title when that this kind of fell out. But obviously, Hardwick is ta- uh, fighting against Coerpa, uh, Copera, even, which we'll talk about uh, in a second as well. But this this fight is, is just phenomenal it really is phenomenal and we'll see a lot of things I think differently from both guys in this we'll see if Decky can deal with that pressure but also if the fight goes to the ground 
you know, I think Harilla, it'll be interesting to see how he deals with Deki's jiu-jitsu and his ability off his back with those elbows and those triangles and all that. That's not easy. You know, that's really not easy when you're, you know, you're rising through the levels. And some people, you know, we, we talk about the test, the wrestler test or the, you know, the black belt test or whatever it might be. There's a test for him if he does take Deki down and Deki's, uh, you know, his bottom game is very, very dangerous. Look, and his, his game from the top is dangerous as well. Uh, and, and obviously up to weight class, as you said, he'll fight at any weight class, but it does make a difference when you're in there and you're probably just about starting your weight cut to get down to 145 and you know he probably still has a little bit of weight to cut to get down to win 155 uh we know the, the reality of the of weight cuts these days but uh yeah it's it's an interesting one it's such such a great fight and i, I absolutely can uh, can't wait for that but i know time is uh, is a little bit against us today so we'll run through the rest of the card very quickly we took this uh this video on short notice as well everything everything in cage virus is on short notice this yeah, week we're the, we're the real heroes we're the real <laughs> give us a bonus come on grand Violin. give us a one um uh, george hardwick versus Lu- uh, lucas copera i mentioned it earlier on um look hardwick i think every anyone who's seen hardwick knows what type of fighter he is he's a he's a really great inside fighter for me like some people may, you may you might watch him and you think oh he's good and he's fancy from the outside but i think those little shots he, and little little is a, probably a bad word for him because they're very very powerful but those shots inside are you quick shots that you'd hardly even see he's so accurate with them so powerful with them I think that's how where he's really good and he's very good as well when he kind of gets stuck in the inside you know when you throw those shorter shots, shots sometimes you get you know takedown attempts or you get the fight up against the fence and he's good against the fence he's good when he kind of pulls a leg out from under one and under someone and gets on top of him I think Capera like watching some of his fights he's tough you know he can take a lot of damage he comes forward he'll throw his hands I think George Hardwick uh, is a little bit of a different class now you know we'll, we'll see look we'll see on Friday night if, if that's true or not but it's an intriguing matchup and I think one for Hardwick as well it's a test, isn't it? It's a test against a tough guy who has a lot of experience, a lot of experience on, you know, big shows against tough guys. And it's it's kind of, I think it's a good move for Hardwick. Now, obviously, you know, he was supposed to have a title fight. He was supposed to have two or three title fights and they all fell out. And it's, it's uh, you know, a, another one that's saved by Indian, obviously, uh, at a catch weight, 161 pounds as well. But it's a good test, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you feel for George because he was supposed to fight Medi for the title. Uh, and then he, he's um, fighting a completely different style of fighter in Daniello, uh, which was supposed to be the uh, the co-main event, I believe, originally for this card. And of course, then it, it changes again. And, you know, Hardwick was told that, look, you, you're in that title shot position now. You can wait if you want. But he was like, look, you know, I, I prepared at the end of last year. I prepared at the start of this year. I need to fight, you know. He's, he's in his prime as a young man and a fighter, and he wanted to go out there uh, and, and and put the work in. Look, Ian Dean's not going finding the scraps around Europe. He's bringing in tough guys, you know. You're not going to get a fight just to tide you over if you're in that sort of title contention level at Cage Warriors. Uh, and Capera has been fighting killers in ACA. You know, all those guys are... Um, you know, very intense, very well put together, shall we say? That's probably the uh, the most politically correct way of saying it. But look, well, you know, when you when you go in there against these guys, uh, and you know, he, he's not being finished. He's had, he's had a few mixed results lately, but I believe he's only been stopped once. Um, he's had a doctor stoppage as well, but only stopped once. Uh, you know, by, by an opponent. Um, this is a tough guy, and this is a guy who's probably going to be able to take some of Hardwick's best shots. So. The shot selection could be important here. We saw that against Dean Truman, where he was able to dip down to the body and put Truman down with the body shot. If he can find a way 
to keep this guy off him, keep it at that nice little inside range that he likes to, to keep it at without getting gripped up. That's where I think his best work's going to be done in this fight. Look for that good shot selection and look for him to try and put this guy away. Whether he'll be able to do it or not, I'm not sure, but it'll be an impressive feat if he's the second guy to finish Capera. Indeed, uh, the King of Middles Bravos gets it done. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that one. There are four other fights on the card as well. Um, two kind of up-and-comers uh, in terms of the fights, Nick Bagley versus uh, Ben Ellis, two very good wrestlers, two very good fighters. Seem like I've watched Nick Bagley fight about 100 times in the last couple of weeks. He fought uh, Scott Pedersen who was on that Bellator card recently. That should be a very fun. I think Bagley's 2-0. and Ellis is, what, 3-1 and in his career now. Lionier Cavan and Ryan Morgan as well, very young in their careers. You know, these are the guys you see maybe two or three times on Cage Warriors and then you realise... This is an ex-Bot Hughes. This is an ex-Fuchinish, what it might be. And it'll be interesting to see who gets through on those fights. The other two then, <clears throat> Kingsley Crawford. Whenever Kingsley Crawford fights, I'm tuning in. A really, really fun fighter. He's fighting Aiden James. Really looking forward to that. And Will Curry uh, against Patrick Valley, who made his debut, I think, back in 2003. He's been around since God was a boy. <laughs> you know, Will Curry is still very young in his career. Lost twice in a row, obviously, to Christian Lear. I don't the first of which was a very odd one, you know, as we, we all know what happened. And, and the rematch uh, had to come back then. Christian Lear, I don't fighting for the title coming up here very soon. So I'm sure Will Curry will want to win this fight and put himself right back in the mix to, to fight. Uh, against uh, Christian Leroy Duncan again so that's a big fight I don't know if it's true but uh, Cage Warriors on the website here have that in the co-main event so I'd be interested if that is the co-main event I think that and Hardwick are, are the, the two uh, kind of second best fights now. although Decky versus Harrell are probably up there as well though at this stage but those four fights Brad a quick breakdown maybe uh, before you go big fight for, for Curry isn't it uh, a big fight for Kingsley Crawford and Aiden James as well and, and uh, the kind of the up and comers on their way up yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, for Will Curry, um, you know, I, I've talked about this on, on commentary before and, and I've talked about it with you, you, Sean. You know, he's got those defeats now, you know, unfortunately, you know, two in a row to Christian Leroy Duncan. Did get back on track last time out. Um, but look, you know, this guy's in a position where, he, you know, he may have lost to the future champion potentially twice, but he still might be the second best guy in the division. He's very, very talented. He's very raw, very young, and he's got a lot of time to develop. And he's in a good position training under someone like Jimmy Manoa, who's been to the very, very top of the sport, seen it all, and he's very, very high on this kid. And you can see why. He's physically incredibly well put together. And this middleweight division, you know, it's, it's pretty open. Matt Bonner uh, dropping to welterweight now, so he's kind of out of the equation. Not really sure what's going on with Natias Frederick, but that might be a potential uh, good fight for Will Curry in the future. Um, and obviously, you know, it depends what happens with Duncan and Jatty Milan uh, in April as to where this division is going to be. So, you know, he's in a, a very good position here that if he can get a win over a guy um, like Patrick Valley, who's just been around the game for ages, fought nothing but killers, been in some really entertaining fights. Look, this is the level of guy that he needs to be to say to Cage Warriors, look, I'm still up there. Stick me right back in at the top. And if he can get a, uh, you know, a win or, you know, even a stoppage, against Patrick, who's a well-travelled guy. I mean, that's that's going to look really, really good on his record at this early stage in his career. Yeah, um, Aiden James, Kingsley Crawford, oh, what, what a fight. fight, man. I mean, you know, this is the kind of fight that makes me want to, you know, take the headset off, sit back, have a beer, and just watch it. You know, I'll leave it to Dan Strauss and Dan Hardy. Like, these two guys, I'm a fan of both of them. Uh, you know, we saw Aiden James against Felipe Rouge in his Cage Warriors debut. Look, very, very impressive. 
Kingsley Crawford's been fighting here for a long, long time, and he seems to have really put it together in these last few fights. Um, again, you know, this is a fight which is going to have uh, a lot of potential to alter the rankings in that division. I'm very much looking forward to it. And as you said, you know, the uh, the two prospects coming out of GB top team, looking forward to how they uh, perform against good opposition as well. Indeed, Brad, I really appreciate your time here. I know, I know it's all been a bit of a rush today. That's all bad. Uh, I won't keep you any longer. Thank you very much for joining me. Check out Cage Wires this Friday night. It's on UFC Fight Pass all around the world. Uh, follow at Cage Wires over on Twitter. You can find out everywhere it is. Follow uh, Brad on Twitter at uh, MMABrad48. Did I get it right this time? I think I, think I got it right you this did, time. Sir, Very did. good. Uh, thank you to everyone for watching. My name is Sean Sheehan for Sherdog.com. And we'll see you all next time.